and both lose. <laughs> wow, yeah, he was really pessimistic. It was funny. Um, but guys, it's great to, to be here all together. Um, let's see, I'm going to be doing the uh, communion message this morning. Um, and I want to, uh, there, there's some things that God has put in my heart. And uh, even last night, I asked uh, Dawn, I said, Dawn, what do you think I should share this morning? And uh, so she, she gave me some thoughts, and I'll be able to share what she thought. And then I said, Matthew, uh, what do you think I should share this morning, you know? And so he gave me his thoughts, and uh, I'll be able to share that. So I kind of feel like today's message is from the Sanchez family, uh, you know? And so, so I have a point, and then we got Matthew gets a point, and Don gets a point. And um, so with that, um, let's look on over to Ephesians uh, chapter 2, and, um, and we'll go ahead and read verse uh, 1 through 10, and then... Um, now, before I read this, um, does anybody like poems? Yeah? Uh, okay, let, raise your hand. I want to call on you. Okay, so let's see. Let, Mike, why, why do you like poems? What's so exciting about a poem? Yeah, or like, yeah, why do you love poems? Mm, yeah, okay, the depth of it, the inside. Yeah, who else? Who just loves poems? Yeah, Latrice. Okay, that's a nice art form. Yeah, it is, you know, awesome. Has anybody uh, ever written you a poem? Yeah? Yeah, right? You can raise your hands, right? Yeah, right? You got somebody that really likes you, you get a poem, you know. It's funny, I, I, I was in Kingdom Kids, and I asked them, they all started to giggle and stuff. Because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this person, you know, my husband wrote me a poem, right? And, and uh, I try to write Don some poems, you know. Uh, you, you do the best that you can. Uh, you know, she actually wrote, she actually wrote me, uh, well, she's written me a poem, and then she wrote me a song uh, that was sung at my wedding, at our wedding. Not my just wedding, but our wedding. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but, but uh, yeah, there's, you know, there, 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 there's, there's just something really so special about a poem, right? Especially uh, certain poems just, like, totally get you, right? They're like, the, it's like the perfect poem, and it just, it just touches your heart and something you can really just relate to. And um, I want us to, uh, the, the title of today's message is, is that, you know, you are God's poem. And um, I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 2 and look at a word that's um, uh, and translated into the Greek, because it's pretty deep. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, made alive in Christ. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. It says, um, of the world, uh, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of a sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressing his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by the works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, um, God has done an amazing miracle, right, in our lives. You guys remember when you were dead in your transgressions? Uh, where you just followed your own evil, uh, your, desire, your fleshly desires and your own thoughts? You know, you had no uh, acknowledgement of God. Uh, you know, and God in our transgressions, he chose us out of the world, right? And he gave us life through Jesus. And, uh, you know, we are an amazing work of God. And, um, you know, in verse, in verse 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance to do, for us to do. You know, and that's the theme scripture for this morning. And, and I thought about the scripture for three reasons. It's first of all, the word workmanship. Okay, if you look up the Greek word in it, and that's really, you know, you, there's apps where you can do that, and you can go to Bible Gateway, so you click on workmanship. You know, the, the word workmanship in Greek means poema, which means that that's, that's what we get our word for poem. Okay, and so each one of us is God's poem. You know, you are, poet, you are poetry of God. And he's molding you and shaping you, right? And he's creating this beautiful poem that you are, you know, for this world. For somebody very specific. And each one of us is a beautiful creation of God, physically and spiritually. And he keeps on molding us, and he continues to keep on writing that poem. You know, and, uh, and so it, it's, it's deep. It's well, you're well thought out, right? It just really touches, uh, it touches us. And uh, don't you think, it makes me think about how, you know, certain, our, all our challenges that we go through, you know, uh, when you share them with somebody else, you know, it's like, it's just, it, it, it's, and you tell them what God has done in your life. It's just like the right poem just for them. You know, and each one of us has a story to tell. You know, I remember sometimes you ask people, it's like, hey, can you do a testimony? You know, and, and, but some people will, will say, it's like, well, you know what, I'm not really, I'm not really a, a public speaker. And it's not about public speaking. It's about you telling the story that God has done in your life. It's your story with God. You know, and each one of us is this, just this poem of God. And um, three things that, 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 uh, that, I, that I wanted to share this with what is one is that as, as a workmanship, as we are created, it says that we have been chosen to do good works. You know, and it's really made me think lately just how important each one of us is in this ministry. You know, we're a ministry of about 100 people. And, uh, you know, in Kingdom Kids, right, we, got a, um, uh, we have three children with special needs, right? And so we're trying to meet all the children's needs in there. Okay, and so normally, you know, I would take 10 volunteer workers, but now, we, now, you know, we're, now we're going after meeting the needs of our children, all of them. So we need 13, right, in one, in one month, 13. And we got three, three times that for the whole year, right? So what's three times? That's 39, right? And then we went from two people leading to now we have 10 people. And so for a whole year in Kingdom Kids, it's 49 volunteers. Okay, that's 50% of our ministry. <laughs> and then you got 20 in our atomic leadership. 
And then you got the song leaders, right? And, and you know what I mean? And it's like, and, 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 it's, and it's become, God has put us in a position where like, you know what? Now, we've always known that each one of us is very important. But like when we're just this small now, and it takes like 85 people to run the ministry, each one of you is really important. You guys get it? You know, and, 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 we're still multi- and we're still trying to collaborate more, right? And there's still more and stuff like that, you know. So it's really just made me think about just really understanding how each one of us is a workmanship of God. Created to do good works. You know, the other thing that, that, um, that, that, that uh, makes me think about this passage is that, you know, um, sometimes, you know, some people walk away. And, uh, and, and, and you're an unfinished poem. And you're a poem that brings honor and glory to God, and they've left. And no more honoring and glorying, glorifying God for now. Everybody's in its own journey, right? But it makes me sad. It makes me really sad when, you know, when, when you know somebody's story, and it's so powerful, and, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I just got so many stories of different people where it's like, wow, God, you, they persevered and so many of these family members became disciples and stuff. Right. But then they walked away and went and started pursuing, you know, relationships in the world instead in the kingdom of God. And you get in, in this poem now that God is writing is not the same anymore. You know, and, and so what happens is that we get tossed back and forth spiritually. You know, you ever been tossed back and forth in something? Right? And, uh, you know, um, let's look on over to Colossians chapter uh, 2. Uh, Colossians chapter, actually, Colossians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 14 through 16. 14 through 16. It says then, uh, Ephesians, 4, chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 through, 15, through 16 says, Then we will no longer be infants, right? Tossed back and forth by the waves and, and blown here and there by every kind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work, right? What is it called when somebody gets tossed back and forth spiritually? Verse 14, the Bible calls them infants. The Bible calls them spiritual children. When you get tossed back and forth, you know, I've been tossed back and forth. It's no fun being tossed back you know, uh, going in, uh, being in the ocean, right? And waves, you kind of fall, these are grip, and you're being tossed back and forth. I've had that happen. I even had my shorts fell off. Yeah, so like that. Some people thought it was an early moon, or he's, really, or he's a really smiley, happy guy, but no, that wasn't that, you know. But you know what? I mean, it, it was, you get tossed back and forth. You know, I've been, I've been in, you're going down rivers, the thing falls, you know, flips over, and you're being tossed back and forth in this water. It's no fun being tossed back and forth. It's no fun being, uh, being one foot in and one foot out. Right? I mean, you, you, have you ever met somebody who's actually happy with that? 
And it's, isn't it scary when they are happy with that? That's really, that's really scary to me. When you actually, when, when somebody will do something, you know, just contrary to God's will is, and you feel happy about it. That's really, that's, man, I am worried. That's, you know, you've lost the sensitivity of doing God's will. But, you know, you know, um, and, and, and I don't want anyone to be an unfinished poem of God. Because you're getting tossed back and forth, you know. It's, it's, God writes the poetry in the perseverance. God writes the poetry in the faithfulness. That's when, when he's writing the perfect line. You know, and, and the third reason why, why I thought about this passage is that, you know what? We, we have to speak the truth in love, right? We have, to, we have to tell our poem story to somebody else. You know, in the fellowship and outside of the fellowship and evangelism. You know, I think about just uh, some of our families that, that we go through. I mean, even just having, right, if you have certain special needs in the home, right? I mean, the challenges that you must go through, that's tough. You know, I know when we had, you know, our two foster kids in the home and knowing all the, all the emotional things that they're going through, man, that was tough. You know, but what, what got us going, what kept us going was hearing all these other testimonies of others. Meeting these people, they're like, wow, they've been doing this for 18 years. It's like, wow, you're an angel. You know, I'm just like, wow, I don't even know how you can do this, you know. You just start, you know, they start telling you their stories, you know, of how they've overcome or how they persevered or, you know, what, this is how God has worked. You know, we, we need to tell our stories to one another, but we need to tell our stories as well in evangelism. There's a lot of, you know, lonely people out there. There's a lot of individuals out there, there that are hopeless. And, you know, I remember what it was like walking in the dark, right? You know, it's like... You, like when you walk in the dark, all the feelings that you have, right? You don't know what you're going. You know, you hit something, you stub your toe, right? I mean, you just, it just, there's this feeling of lostness, right? You walk, that's how I felt, you know, and that's how we used to feel. And now, though, now there's a different story. You're a different poem now in that. And so, um, and so I want us to have this just, this great feeling of like, of just gratitude and just in awe of, of what, of like, you know what, God, man, I, I am I am your poem. I am your poetry, God. And and you're still writing my story, God. And it's and it's and it's very specific and it's very detailed and it's very deep. And sometimes some each one of those lines could take a long time to write. Just that you know something when you're writing a poem, you're looking for the right the right word. But God is molding you and shaping you up, you know. I think about the amazing story, right? And one of the announcements today is that we're going to be doing, you know, uh, Eileen Chow's, you know, uh, uh, baby shower, you know. And it's like, how awesome. What, a, what an amazing story, you know. They get, they're going to have a baby. A desire. I mean, that is so awesome. And, you know, they'll, they'll want to share all the story and stuff like that and all that they've gone through and the years it's taken to get to, to this point. You know, and, and how that now is a part of the story, their poem, and how now they're going to give hope to somebody else. Amen. They're, they're going to be speaking differently now with it. And each one of us is that. Okay, so that's my encouragement to you. You know, Matthew's encouragement to you this morning. 
He said, uh, he said, Daddy, he said, well, I think we need to talk about how we're, uh, we're, we're, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, and so I, I think we need to look on over to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter two, uh, verse fifteen through seventeen, and it says there, man, the title, "Do not love the world." Right? It says, "Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him." For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and his desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Amen? What an awesome passage. You know, just the call, right, to... Do not love the world. And you've got to ask yourself, am I giving the best, my best to the world or am I giving my best to God? Am I, you know, in, 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 in trying to do the best that I can in, in my job and God wants you to do a great job at your job, but then are you just totally out of energy that you got nothing left for the kingdom of God? You know, I mean... We can't give our best to the world. The world will spit you up. You're fired. Oh, that pension plan we promised you? Oh, sorry. We've had some cutbacks. It's not right. Isn't that the world? I mean, you know, you're all devoted. You're all loyal to your job. And they just like, man, they just, you know, they'll replace you like that. You know, and we need to be careful with the world and living in it. We, we, we are a part of it, but we're not of the world. And, you know, and, um, and he even says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right? And he talks about the cravings of sinful man. Right? Isn't that tough? Don't you feel that every day? The cravings of your flesh, of your eyes, of your mouth, of your body. Right? I mean, and, and isn't that where worship truly is at? I mean, you know, when, when you look at Jesus, right, you know, he's saying uh, in Romans, he says, you know what, hey, no one is righteous. And then Jesus says, but here, is, here I am. Here is my body. I have come to do your will, O God. The will of God is done in your body, with your body, Right? That is your spiritual act of worship. When you are saying no to your sinful nature, you are worshiping God. And if you are no longer of the world and you're not going to be focused on it, that means you got to put a focus on something different now, on loving God. And I love the passage in Hebrew that says, hey, when you know what? When, when you, um, you show love God by loving God, his church, by loving your brothers and sisters, you are showing love for God. You know, um, 
There's a kind of a news flash spiritually that I want to give to you guys. But the older you get spiritually, the more mature you get spiritually, you care a whole lot more about the church. You know, the, the closer you get to God, the, the, the more you persevere, you start saying, man, I love God's church. You're looking at becoming more devoted to God's church. You're looking at encouraging those that are weak spiritually. You know, that's the path we're all on. The growth of being more and more and more devoted, that the things of God become more and more important to you. If if they are not, you are wandering away. You are being tossed back and forth. You know, some, some even, you know, they forget about like, you know, what's more important than coming to church and being inspired by music. Though we love music and we got an awesome song today. And amen, we got some great plans for the music ministry. Okay, But more important than that inspiration is your personal insight into the scriptures. A service is not going to replace that. A one hour service is not going to replace that. It's you looking into the word of God. God opening up the eyes of your heart. And your your faith is being fed by it. And then, you know, then you kind of feel like, man, this is like manna from heaven. I remember like, man, you know, when God gives you something, something inside, it just drives you. I remember reading the book of Leviticus about the sacrificial stuff. And how it's like, oh, the rich, they sacrifice bulls. Oh, okay. And if you're like middle class, you sacrifice a lamb. And if you're poor, you give a dove. And if you're really poor, you you give some grain, right? And it tells you what it is, right? And I'm kind of reading, you know, the New Testament. And it says, oh, yeah. And then the Spirit of God came down on Jesus like a dove. Why not a bull? Why not a lamb? Because God is saying he's remembering the poor. The sacrifices of the poor. The ones that they gave up. Now they're seeing it come down. How inspiring is that? That we serve a God who remembers the poor. And you read things like that and just like, man, that is manna from heaven. You know, no service replaces your personal insight into the scriptures. And some of our even own brothers and sisters have left because they stopped looking into the scriptures and are now, you know, even going to churches where they don't even profess the correct way to get saved. I'm not going to be a part of that. I know Satan uses God's word too, right? You know, we can't be tossed back and forth, we can't go backwards. You know, even the evangelical world is realizing, you know what? Discipleship is a salvation issue. Well, yeah. Even the evangelical world is saying that now. You can't get away from discipleship. You cannot. If you are going to be a true Christian of God, it takes everything. You got to give up everything. You got to deny yourself and carry your cross daily. It has to be a lifestyle. Your focus has to be that I want to become more and more and more like Jesus. 
If somebody is not teaching you that, you're in the wrong place. Because that is all biblical. Anybody who does not walk like Jesus, you know, is not right with God. You have to strive. You know, Jesus gets to present you. On the final days, he's going to present you. Isn't that cool? You know, I think that's awesome. Don't you want Jesus presenting you? You know, but you can't fake Jesus out, right? And Jesus is not a helicopter dad where he makes excuses for you. He's not like that. And he knows we're not perfect, but he sees the spirit. He sees what you're going after. He sees your humility, right? He sees it like that, you know. And so the scriptures say we can't be, you know, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. You know, we got to watch out our cravings of our flesh. We got to watch out the lust of his eyes. I thought that was the cravings of the flesh. No. The lust of the eyes is how you want others to look at you, perceive you. That's a big difference. No, the, all the stuff, cravings of the flesh, that's all the sexual stuff, the lust stuff. That's your flesh. The lust of the eyes is like, hey, look at where my kids went to school. Look at my home. Look at what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Yep, sure do. I teach my children that there is a more important team than the team of God. I want them to be in the soccer team because, you know, we want this, right? Because that team is more important than the team of God. Is that what you're really teaching your children? You really want your children to be so caught up in the world that they have no time for God? Don't you remember that God blesses uh, faithfulness, humility, generosity. Isn't that what you're trying to teach your children? God blesses that. that don't, you got to teach what God values, not what the world values. That's the lust of the eyes. You know, and so Matthew says, encouragement to you this morning is, hey, we're in the world, but not, let us not be of the world. Amen. Look on over at Ezekiel chapter 37. For dawn's encouragement. Ezekiel chapter 37. And um, it says there. And uh, the, the valley of dry bones, right? Verses 1 through, um, through 14. And it says there, um, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And, I was prof- and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to, to the breath, 
Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their, on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that the Lord has spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Wow. Awesome passage. Does this give anybody hope? Man, it gives us all hope, right? Don't we sometimes feel like we got some dry bones? You know, certain things are just, you know, there's no tendons, there's no ligaments on it, you know. And this was at a very low point in in, in the Israelites' faith, you know. And uh, this is after the fall of Jerusalem, right? And the people were feeling alone. They were feeling exhausted. They were feeling discouraged and impoverished. You know, can we feel like that sometimes spiritually? You know, where, you know, we could ask to do something, we just don't even have the energy to do it. We've, we know, it's just, we're just down there. You know, and, you know, they needed a resurrection, right? Yeah. Are there areas in your life where you feel like, you know what, I, just, I, I, I need some resurrection in my life. On, I need my faith to be resurrected. You know what? In these areas, I just feel like, you know, I, I'm tired of this. You know, I keep trying to overcome. You know what? I, I, need, I need God to do it. Right? It says, I will do this. I will do this. It, it's God's doing yeah. in it. And he's doing this miracle, right? And sometimes you even feel like, you know, well, back, back then, what they did when they did a burial, they, they, would, they would put him in the tomb. Time went by, and then somebody else has got, um, you know, passed away. So they would go in the tomb, right? And then um, they would take the bones and put them in a, in a different area. And then they, put, they laid down the body. And so what ha- ended up happening over time was you have the bones of all the family members that are there. And, uh, and sometimes you feel like, you know, just like all sorts of things are just piling up. Right? You just kind of feel like it's a pile up. It's just like over time that you have this pile up and you kind of feel like, Man, you know, I mean, can God truly resurrect this? You know, and, and the thing about this, right, even the guy you would, you, 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 the, um, the prophet here, right, he's even, hey, son of man, can these bones live? He even asked them, can they do it? It wasn't, he was like, yeah, you're God. Right, he wasn't all fired up about it. He was like, God, only you know. He was like in the dumps too, right? But sometimes we could be like that. And we could be like, oh, bro, hey, bro, you know, God can really change that. Do you believe that? Well, I don't know. Like God, could only, God only knows, you know. That's that type of response. When you know, so of course God can do it. You know, and so our encouragement is that sometimes, you know, you can feel in one of those areas in your life that just need some resurrection. You know, and, 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 and Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, so if, if, if certain things need to change in your life, it's going to have to happen because of God. Right? I mean, that's one of the step 12 prayers. God, unless you help me, God, I can't. That's a surrendered prayer, right? God, I, I can't do this on my own. 
you know, God, it takes, you know, you're going to have to help me out. You're going to have to change me. You know, and God will do his thing, you know. But we got to come to him. We got to ask. We got to believe. And so, guys, as we take communion today, I just want to encourage you guys. to Just, just remember, you, you are God's poem, amen? You're this beautiful work of art that God continues to write your story, that you, are, you and him are writing this story out. You know, just to, 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 I want to just remind us, let's not be uh, of the world. You know, let's love God. Let's love one another. Let's really be devoted to the church. And, you know, and then lastly, guys, if there are things that in our lives that just you need some, some new life into it, you know, just grab some hope in the scripture that, you know what, that God can do it. Amen. So with that, let, let's bow and let's say a word of prayer and we'll take communion together. Um, Heavenly Father, we uh, want to thank you, God, so much for your scriptures, Father. Uh, thank you so much for the insight that you give us, the strength that you give us, the way that your feet are faith, God. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for being the author and the perfecter of our faith, of our poem, God. Thank you so much that we are your work. Thank you so much, God, that you're molding us, Father, in preparation for even works that you have ahead of us. And that, Father, sometimes we feel, God, even that, you know, we're, we're doing something that's above ourselves and, and it's really stretching us. But, Father, thank you so much, God, that you know how to enable us, Father, to be able to thrive. And, Father, I pray for all my brothers and sisters, God. That, Father, they do get tossed back and forth, God. And even the times, God, that I feel like I'm being tossed back and forth, God. Father, I pray for us, God, that, that, Father, that you'll make our path straight. That you, Father, that you'll strengthen our feeble knees, God. And, and Father, I pray that, uh, that we all be strengthened in you, God. Father, help us to live for you and not of the things of this world, God. We're going to leave it all behind. Father, if we get a new car, Father, it's for you, God. If we get a new home, God, it's for your kingdom, God. If we get more education, God, it's for you, God. Everything, God, is for you. More money, God, it's a tool for you, God. Help us to have that heart and that mindset. And, Father, help us to put at your feet, Father, just the areas, God, that just we're having a hard time with, God. That, Father, we we keep trying on our own, God. And, Father, we just want to surrender to those things, God, that... Father, certain things in our lives, God, they're only going to change, Father, because of you, God, because of your work, God. Even, Father, us growing in this ministry, God, it's going to be because of you, God. So, Father, in all this, God, we remember Jesus, that, Father, he is the hope that we have, and we thank you that he's our representative, God. And thank you, Father, for shedding his blood for us, for the forgiveness of our sins, and for the gift, Father, that we receive, God. Thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Living in the church.
Ah, ah, ah. 